sometimes throw that uh, word around, and especially Christians, we can say it and go, well, of course we, we think we'd be familiar with it. Um, but gospel translated means good news. And so when in the, in the scripture it talks about the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's the good news about Jesus Christ. And when it talks about the gospel of the kingdom, it, it means the good news of the kingdom of God. And in fact, that's where we're going to spend our time uh, today is to talk about kind of as an introduction to this series on the gospel is, is the, the kingdom of God, the good news about the kingdom of God coming. In, in the passage that we uh, have here today in uh, chapter 4, verses 23, it says this. It says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And so we're going to try to understand what that is. Um, about the good news of the kingdom. Maybe you remember as we, uh, as I read the scripture this morning before communion, it talked about Jesus says, I'm not going to have the wine. I will not share this meal with you until that one day when we're going to have the, the meal. Okay? The meal. Not a meal, but the meal which I will partake again of the fruit of, of the vine. In that day, at that meal, we're going to celebrate when the kingdom comes. And I think sometimes... We hear those phrases, but we don't really know what it means. And it has everything to do with about what Jesus was about, what his life was about, what his, what his teaching was about. It was about the kingdom of God. The last part of, of chapter 4, I like to talk about that I think Jesus is doing what I did in kindergarten. Uh, maybe Steve Shrew here is what you call show and tell. I don't know if you ever did this when you were in that grade. But you would bring some object from your home life or something that's important to you. And you would show and tell about it. And so in, you would, so you might, let's say you brought a truck. You know, you brought a little truck that's show and tell. And this is a truck that my grandparents gave me for Christmas. And it's red, and I love red. And it makes noises. And, and uh, you know, you, so you show and tell something that's special and important to you. And here, Jesus is showing and telling. He's speaking about the kingdom, but he's, he's showing us what the kingdom will be like so that we can taste it. So that we can feel it, so that we can long for it to come. And in fact, that's what happened to the people here as they as they heard this. So, what is the kingdom according to Jesus Christ? What is this kingdom of God that is coming? Um, a lot can be said. I will I will say a little bit of what it means. What it says here, but it's a place where there's wholeness and restoration, where things are whole in us and right again, and where the world, not just people, but the world, is right again. And so it talks about when Jesus went into all these different places and he healed the sick of every kind of illness and disease. And that whatever the sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, that he healed them all. See, Jesus isn't just going about and saying, you know what, I think today is a good healing day. I think I'll do healing today and I'll do some other things tomorrow. It's not like that at all. But Jesus is saying, the kingdom is coming. What we talked about in, in uh, uh, chapter uh, 3 and chapter 4, the kingdom is coming, and now it's almost as if he's saying, I'm going to show you that the kingdom is here. That wherever I am, the kingdom <coughs> has begun. And that kingdom is where people are healed. See, miracles aren't just, you know, this out of the ordinary, wonderful thing that every once in a while happens. It's Jesus saying, this is the way God wants the world to be. This is the way it was created. With people whole, without disease, without epilepsy, without all these other things that plague you. 
And guess what? That's what the kingdom will be like. No more pain. No more suffering. No more cancer. No more death. No more sickness. All the things that so often we look at in our life and that are broken, or are broken around the people, and we lift our hands and we say, God, why? Why does this have to happen? Why is this here? I think God answers our question to some degree, although it's not exactly what we want to hear. But he also says, but you know what, this is not the way I made things, and guess what? This is not the way you want to move. You want to go. When the kingdom is your I think Jesus' answer to our question of why is, is this, yeah, why did it have to happen? Why did you have to move away from me? Why did you, that, that moving away, that declaring our independence, not just broke us, but it broke the world. And the brokenness in this world is a result of our, our moving away from God, our rebellion, has an effect on all creation. But the great thing about the kingdom, when the kingdom comes and when Jesus is here, he restores the ripeness of the world. You know, for so many of us, maybe as we get older, we, we, we start out uh, when we're younger, we, we think about, I want to see the world change, I want to make a difference, I want to set things right. And then we get older, we get worn out, and we're going, well, you know, I guess it's not going to work out. You know what, Jesus doesn't give into that. He says, you know what, Don't you, you want the world to be right, don't you give up on that, because that's kingdom thinking. But don't think also that just because of your effort or your wisdom or your ability, you're going to make things right because the brokenness is deeper than you. But when Jesus comes, one day, it will be right. We'll all be there and we'll go, this is what I longed for and worked for and wanted. That's the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. And he writes in the book that I think some of us are reading uh, this month, and I, I, may I should apologize to you if you're reading the book, you might be going, this is really a hard book. <laughs> yes, it is. But, read it slowly, take your time, read your chapter again. It has some wonderful, deep, challenging things to say. But he's one of the many people who talk about the kingdom of coming and seeing God restoring all creation, making things like they were meant to be. And I want to ask you this question as you think about God, as you think about Jesus coming. I want to ask you, what do you imagine that God has come to do? I mean, when God sends Jesus Christ, what does he come to do? Come just to redeem a few people here and there and to make a few, few, few people whole and healed? What do you think God came to do through Jesus Christ? Every time someone close to us falls or someone that is sick and dying. There's a part of us that just goes, this is so wrong. This is not the way life is supposed to be. And Jesus says, that's right. It's not. And one day it will be done because Jesus came to redeem us. To make us like we were meant to be. See, when Jesus does a miracle, he doesn't just do something extraordinary, something unusual. He's saying, no, I'm making things the way they were supposed to be in the first place, and one day will be when the kingdom comes in full. No wonder large crowds follow him. That's what it says at the end of chapter 4, is that wherever he went, there's a group of people that they're following. Why? Because this is the way we always envisioned and hoped for life to be. And here's Jesus. Look at that. I'll follow him. 
I don't know what he's doing. I'm not sure what's happening here, but he's the God of the world. And so large crowds followed him wherever he went. Wouldn't you? Imagine this. If that happened here, and you started to hear people being healed, wouldn't you show up and say, I want to know what's going on? And wouldn't you bring your, your friend who's crippled or has some other kind of disease? Wouldn't you bring them? And then if they were healed, wouldn't you say, where are you going? Where are you staying? I want to be with you. I want, I want to continue to experience life the way it was meant to be. Jesus is good news. And when the kingdom comes, it's good news. And, and if, if you meet people or talk to people, or maybe sometimes you think, I'm not sure Jesus is good news, then we, we're missing something about what he's trying to tell us, what God is trying to say to us. Because he is good news. And what was broken, what was lost, he has come to heal and to bring back. <coughs> the kingdom of God coming is good news. And as we live into that reality, as we start to embrace this, this kingdom idea that God's rule, his reign is coming, and to kind of change the way we think about life and come to live in that way, based on the ethics and the reality of, of what it talks about in chapter 5, we start to experience little by little. Imagine with me a fresh world. With all things right. With the beauty that we see now, but even better, even more. Without people getting sick. Without people losing their ability to think. Without your body breaking down. Just think how wonderful we can be in that And will be in that day. When you start to think that way, you are starting to imagine. So that's kind of what the kingdom is. It's God restoring things to the way that they were intended to be. Where is the kingdom of God? Where is he? And this passage seems to, to, to say that the kingdom is where Jesus is. There's a starting, a beginning of the kingdom. He's, he's breaking out. The kingdom is breaking out in the life and the ministry of Jesus in a way that hasn't been seen before. But the kingdom of God is not like a location. It's not like Domodons, you know, uh, in Luxembourg. Here's the kingdom of God. Here it's not, a, it's not a kingdom as we might think of. This is the territory. Here are the borders of the territory. It's more like this. It's the rule, the reign of God. It's, it's the, if you might want to think about it this way, it's when a new administration comes into a country. And that new administration is like a new kingdom with new rules and new people in charge and a new way of doing things that happen. Except for, unlike our political system, it actually does change. It actually does get better. Um, and there actually is room. But it's the rule and the reign of God. It's not a space and a location. It's not, you know, around my feet here. Um, let me give you two images of this that maybe will help us think about the kingdom of God as it, it's breaking into our lives. In the life and the actions of Jesus Christ, we see the effects of the rule and the reign of Jesus, of the kingdom of God in our life. It starts to manifest in the way people treat each other, in the way that they're healed, in the way they start to think and look at life differently. In the presence and the words and the actions of Jesus, we start to watch, to visually see the kingdom of God. Everything doesn't change. But when Jesus interacts with people, there is change. There is life. There is hope. And without Jesus, there is no kingdom of God that comes to us. The kingdom is connected to you. 
not as if we can have the kingdom and, and leave Jesus off the slide. It doesn't work this way because where he is, the kingdom of God will be as well. But the kingdom of God is, is, is not, like I said, a place, not like land or territory. It's more of, of a sphere or a space. And the, the only way I, I can, I'm going to try, well, one way I'm going to try to explain this to you is imagine with me, if you would, is imagine that this room is the only place that you and I have ever experienced in our whole life. Okay? This is, in a sense, our earth. So, you, you know, this kind of, it's a little depressing, isn't it? Especially with no bathroom down here. But, you know, <laughs> but, but this is where we, we live our life, and this is where we, we uh, enjoy life, and we enjoy interaction, and, and our life is lived out in this space. And we don't know that there's another floor above this. We don't know that there's a hotel with rooms and beds. We don't know that there's a hotel with a spa and a swimming pool and, uh, and a, a, a dancing area and a big ballroom. You know, we, all we know is this space. That's kind of like Earth, and, and it, you go beyond that just to the hotel to the to outside Dumbledore and outside Luxembourg and the beauty of the trees and the great restaurants you know, that are out there. There's things out there that we have never experienced that are real, but we've never seen. We've never tasted. But every once in a while, we get a sense that maybe there's something beyond this out there. Every once in a while, someone walks by over here. Maybe you notice this every once in a while. You walk by over here, and, and uh, you go, oh, there's someone else here. Or every once in a while, uh, you may not be able to hear the back, but you hear a conversation going on over this direction, which is probably close to the kitchen. They probably have knives, and they're you know, angry about what lunch is, or whatever. I don't know. But, but there's, there's a little sense every once in a while that there's something beyond here. There's a breaking in of that outside reality into our world here in this room. That there's something more, something different than what we have right here. And that's, in a sense, the idea of heaven and earth. The kingdom, you know, do you remember the prayer of Jesus where Jesus said, Thy will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, there's this whole different realm in which God rules and reigns and, and um, His will is done. And then there's earth. Where, well, His will isn't done yet. And the prayer Jesus teaches His followers is this. It's pray for that day when the rule of God will be in, he- in earth like it is in heaven. Perfect. Full. Wonderful. Where things are put, put right. Every once in a while, that world breaks in. Do you remember when Jesus was born, and the the, uh, the shepherds were out uh, late at night, and the angels showed up, and uh, the angel announced, "If you go to Bethlehem, that there's a Savior is born here." And then you have this chorus of the heavenly armies, the heavenly angels, this huge gathering uh, that that sing praise to God, Hosanna to God in the highest, peace on earth with those with whom God is most. It was just a great moment. And it's almost, and the only way I can kind of, it's almost like God pulled the zipper of this world dead and allowed us to see that. To see that bigger, that bigger world that we don't see most of the time. And, and in that world is these glorious angels singing this wonderful song and announcing incredible peace. And you get to see the kingdom of heaven for a moment. And, and, and those, those uh, shepherds didn't go, well, that's kind of neat. They were like, whoa, there's so much more out there than I could have imagined. They didn't even know how to make sense of it completely. And then the zipper comes back up. And they're gone. 
And it's more, it's more like that. I don't want to think of us as, it's not as if you travel far enough, you know, get in a spaceship and travel far enough, you hit heaven, you know. Oh, okay, I arrived, I'm in heaven. It's not like that. It's, it's another sphere. It's another, it's closer to us than we know. Such that God can pull the zipper. And poof, it's right there. And it's, and it's not like it just showed up there. It's always been there, we just couldn't see it. And one day he says, he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. It's almost like those two things are going to come together. There will no longer be disparities between heaven and earth. The world and the land of God. It's total and wonderful. And what we have always longed for. And what many of us have worked for in our whole life. In justice, in mercy, in righteousness. We can realize. And we'll go, yes. This is what I wanted, but it's so much better than I wanted. That's the kingdom of God. And Jesus comes and he shows us what the kingdom of God is like. What happens when this idea captures? When this reality of the kingdom of heaven not being this far, far off distant place, but this space beyond us that we can't quite see, but where God, the rule and his reign is there. And when Jesus comes, that sphere of the kingdom, it's almost as if Jesus has this kingdom bubble around him. That when you get close to him, you enter into that, that kingdom. You get to sense it, feel it, and, and would you still feel it today, family? If you know Christ as your Savior, there's moments where you're close to him, and you know what? That sense of the kingdom. Some of us, at different times, have had God speak to us so clearly that, you know what? I remember in seminary, and it's not just because I was in seminary reading weird books, but I was in seminary, and I was driving home, and the whole, I was, we were in a class studying the book of Revelation, uh, which I was terrified of before I started taking the class, and now I really enjoy it. And um, it's as if I, I, I was involved in that, that bubble of the sphere space of the kingdom of God, and, and I was driving home, and I was safe, but I tell you what, I wasn't really, you know, everything was fine, everything was in control, but God's presence and the reality of that heavenly host was so real, I, I could taste it, I could feel it, I'll never forget it, you know, that's God, kind of like God giving you He doesn't give you the whole meal, but he says, you know what, taste it, it's coming, don't give up. It's real. More real than this is real to you and to me right now. And, and Matthew 14 basically says this in, in a passage that talks about the kingdom and, and how we respond to the kingdom. He gives Jesus gives these two illustrations which I think are helpful for us. Um, Matthew 14, verses 44 through 45. I hope I got this right. I didn't. It's not in Matthew. Okay, I'll tell you the story. It's the story of the pearl of great price and the hidden treasure. And it basically says this, a man went out and he was digging in a field and he found a treasure, a great treasure in this field. And, and he thought, oh my, this is amazing. And so he, he buried the treasure in and he took, he stole everything he had to buy the field with the treasure. Or it tells another story about a man who was a pearl merchant who went out and, and finding this most beautiful and incredible pearl went and sold all that he had so he could have the and the idea of this is when you understand, when you start to grasp the kingdom, then you know what? The stuff that you have, that used to be of such value and used to drive you and you want so much, you gladly sell it, if necessary, to be a part and to enjoy it. It, it, does, it. 
The, the beauty of the kingdom is so great that everything else fades. All the other stuff. That's how you know when you're experiencing the kingdom, when, when the rule and the reign of Christ comes near to you. When your wallet, your money, your car, your house, it's just not that important. You're not as helpful. There's a kingdom coming, and God is taking care of me. You know, I've got a great future. I'm going to last. And then the words that go on in Matthew 5 talk about what happens, the ethics of, of the kingdom, when you start to realize this. And, and it goes on, and it, it uses the blessings. Blessed is the person who realizes they have a need. And when we start to experience the kingdom of God, we start to, to, to have these sense of, you know what? When I know the king who is the ruler of the kingdom, then I, I come before him and I go, I have nothing to give. And I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a needy person. And the great thing is God says, that's And I'm a great God and my goal and my love is to give to you. But there'll be an inadequacy that we feel when we start to experience the reality of the kingdom of God. When God meets that need. It talks about, the next one is blessed are those who mourn over the world, over the brokenness in this world, over the brokenness in my heart. And it says, those who feel broken, God comforts you. The kingdom will come in all of our brokenness and restore and heal the broken. And you know what? There's a lot of brokenness in this world. There's a lot of brokenness in this world. And there's as much or more brokenness as we go out of the God says it's okay to mourn, but you know, someday I will comfort you in such a way that your mourning will turn away and will turn to joy. When we start to see the kingdom as it is, we feel very humble and inadequate and, and unworthy, and yet God says that's a wonderful thing because when you feel humble, then you're ready to receive. You know, if we think we have something to give to God and we can kind of compete with what He can give to us, it's very easy to say, well, God, I'll, I'll make an exchange with you, but it doesn't work that way, does it? We don't make deals with God. You know, there used to be a phrase a couple years ago about doing business with God. Um, but we sang the song really well. The only business that humans get to do with God really is surrender. Because we don't have anything to do that God doesn't want to And yet, when we give it, He says, that's wonderful. Let's use what you have in a way that you get to participate in what God's doing. It means also that there's a deep longing for things to be right for righteousness, for justice, inside of me and outside. There was a great, uh, I, I think it was maybe Solzhenitsyn uh, that, that said that the dividing line of good and evil runs down every human heart. And God says, you know, if you long to do right, if you long for things to be right, that's righteousness, you know what? You'll be satisfied. You'll find God. And I could go on, and uh, time would suggest that I shouldn't go on, but, but of what the kingdom will do and provide and, and how we live. But the point of this passage and the point of this sermon is this, that the kingdom of God is coming. It's coming. And wherever Jesus really is, in our lives, the kingdom is there. It will manifest itself. It might be in healing, but it might be in other ways. It might be in humility and submission. You know what? And he also promises, and you go on the passage, you know what? Not everybody is going to welcome the kingdom.
Some people, when they see the kingdom of work in your life, they'll say, I don't like that. For a lot of different reasons. I don't like that. And the king says, blessed are you when people persecute you. Because of me. Not because you're a fool, or because you talk too much, or because you're obnoxious Christian. God will not bless you for those things, okay? But, blessed are those who live in my kingdom, in relationship with Jesus Christ, who seek to live those values out now, and do people look at and go, yeah, your reward's coming. And it's far better than you can imagine. The good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God is already here. We see it, we experience it, when we know Christ, we experience it in community with each other, but it's already, it's also not yet what it will be one day. It will one day be amazing. One day. You know, every once in a while we, we talk about this, but maybe you've had a great meal somewhere. A really incredible meal. And Jesus talks about the kingdom being this incredible banquet. This is the best meal. It's the best one. Each part of the meal will follow the next. And Frank's going to appreciate this. It'll get better and better. It builds and builds. You just go, it keeps you building your next one. goes, this is better. How can it do that? The kingdom is going to be like this. It's getting better and better and better. So it's here in some ways, but it's not complete yet. But one day, it will be complete. It will be full, and the transformation will be done. And things will be not just like we hoped they would be, but better than we ever imagined. Because God's rule and reign will come. That's good news. What do you do with that? I mean, really, what, what do we do with that? I think there's two ways to deal with it, at least. There's probably more, but one is just the skeptic. When the skeptic says, interesting, thank you. Thoughtful, a little long, but okay. You know, um, it, when it comes, if it's like you said, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll check it out, and maybe I want to be a part of it, but yeah, I'll see it when I, I believe it when I see it. And yet those who believe will say, I've tasted it. When I believe in Christ, I, I, I tasted it. It's real. It's true, and, and I'm not sure quite how to live under this ethic and this reality, but I want to continue to seek to follow Christ because He said it's believing. And His primary command to me is follow me. Come with me. Hachi, I'll show you. You won't be afraid, but I'm with you. And from time to time, in the name of you will experience that awesome. also talked about the sorrow of those who heard, but who wouldn't believe when it came. The good news was sad news for many people there, because they realized that I, I had heard that I didn't How about you? How about me? How about us? How are we preparing ourselves for the good news, to embrace and to experience and to live into that good news? Blessed are these are those who act upon these wonderful truths about God's kingdom coming. Blessed are those who are ridiculed and looked down upon, and yet go ahead and live it out even as other people play the games of this world. Because they say, I will play and live into the life of the kingdom. 
any loss that we may incur will not be compared to the reward that the king will bring us when he comes in his throne. us to pray. And you taught us as a primary part of that prayer to pray thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we come before you as people that even as we taste a little bit of the kingdom, we realize how much we have invested into this kingdom and in this world. And how often what seems to be beautiful and dazzling and amazing to us about the kingdom has become dull that we think more about the things we want this next day, the trials and the pains, than we do about the beauty of your kingdom and the greatness of your kingdom. Open our eyes as the song let us just think about today. That we might see Jesus as the one who brings us into that kingdom. Prepare our hearts to live for that kingdom so that when it comes, we're not surprised, but we rejoice in that little ways we were now living into the greatness of the kingdom of God. Father, help each of us, for we all need you to be drawn into that kingdom of God. Show us, we pray, what we cannot see with our own eyes. We ask these things in Jesus' name.